Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. I've got um, a great panel of WordPress experts other people, and I'm sure some of the panel will join us during the discussion. Um, I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves, and I'm going to start with John. John, can you quickly introduce yourself? Sure thing. My name's John Locke. My business is Lockdown Design, and I help in manufacturers with SEO. And we've got Chris. Um, would you look quickly like to introduce yourself, Chris? My name is Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, which is a WordPress solution for making uh, an online course membership site. I also have a podcast for course creators called LMS Cast. And a very good one. He's got a new dog, folks, and he he was ahead of a a pack in Alaska as a sledge. And I, I made a stupid remark, and he put <laughs> it down so sweetly. Oh, because like, it was like a swipe across the face. <laughs> Wake up, you idiot. Uh, Rob, there we go. Um, Sally. Uh, Rob, would you like to introduce yourself? Certainly. My name is Sally Getch. My business is WP Fangirl. I build custom Genesis sites for growing businesses and nonprofits. And I'm the organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California. That's great. It's a great meetup. Um, like I say, um, hopefully a couple of people might be joining us during the show. Um, let's start with the first one of my stories I've selected, and that's um, from the Tavern WordPress theme review team launches a trusted author program. What do you think of this one, Sally? Well, you know, I saw the notice on make.wordpress.org because I subscribe to a lot of their uh, updates, and I was thinking, I don't know if I'm sure about this. It just seems like it, it, it opens the doorway to something similar to that um, plug-in purchase thing, although as I think about it a, a little further, if, if it's the actual individual who is the author versus the theme itself that, that gets marked as trusted, uh, then I think they probably do have a better chance of saying, well, you know, this person has in the past submitted, you know, five themes or whatever that, you know, followed the guidelines and uh, so on, and and it makes sense to fast track them because we, uh, you know, they we trust their history, but uh, and of of course the efficiency of of the theme review uh, program has been an issue that they're you know trying to automate more and and make it so people don't have to uh, to wait as long. So I I think it's one of those well let's try it and see if it helps things. I can't be sure whether it's going to going to improve the stuff or not, and uh, <clears throat> we'll just have to find out. Yes. Um, what do you reckon, John? What do you reckon? Yeah. So it's a very interesting. Um, the the themes that are submitted, uh, you uh, have to have one theme already in the in the repo. Uh, you have to be a hundred percent GPL with less than three issues and that includes any products that you have on your own site or third-party sites. So that means that your business model uh, has to be to where you can, you can only sell support uh, or updates 
Uh, so they're, you know, really sticking to that. Uh, the one thing that, that I get concerned about is, and if you uh, remember the episode of Mastermind FM where they uh, had somebody on talking about some of the, some of the shady things that were going on inside the, the theme review team is you don't want other people who are theme authors like tanking other, other theme authors. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out. I think it's good overall. Uh, to say here are some themes that you can trust instead of because I think a lot of people just scroll through the repo randomly and just grab whatever. So I think I think it's good overall. What do you reckon, Adam? What do you um, I, first of all, Adam? Would you quickly like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure. Hey, everybody. It's Adam from WPCrafter.com and. This story actually kind of feeds into the next one, if we actually do the next one that I was uh, requesting, which was on some content that I created, where, okay, this they got to take this in context of what we're going to talk about next, is that I don't understand why a, a theme developer is going to be kicking in so many themes anyway. I mean, that I really believe is the old way of, of, WordPress, you know, having a all these individual specific themes that are locked into a certain style. Um, so uh, when, when I when I read this article before I knew we were even going to talk about it, I read it through those that lens that you know I I I think there's an issue with theme developers just kicking out a, a theme a week, you know what I mean? And sticking it in there. Like, are you really going to be committed to a theme a week or, you know, or all this large volume of themes? Isn't that doing it more of a disservice to the people that actually use those themes? It's almost like theme spam. I guess that's a new term term we're going to coin today called the theme spam. Uh, I, love it. I think you could create yeah. a new WordPress phrase. Yes, I, I think that's kind of fascinating. I can't imagine being able to create a theme a week. Um, <laughs> well, no, no, no. But see, here's what happens. The, the theme you put in this week is blues and some pictures of people jumping up and cheering. The theme next week has some greens and maybe a picture in the background of an, a college. The theme next week, and it's the same theme, but there's these minor little, little tweaks to it. I, I, and I, it's I, a real thing. I suppose I suppose it is, and you do see, you know, people who sell themes, and and there've been. I mean, I remember Rebecca Gill talking about, you know, the reason that she set up her theme so that you know she was marketing this one as a, a lawyer theme and this one as a, a you know theme for a physical therapist or, or or whatever was that she found that ordinary people really had trouble understanding the idea that you can put whatever pictures you want in there. Uh, and, and any theme can be a lawyer theme or a physical therapist theme or or whatever theme that that somehow uh, it, you know that that doesn't it, it doesn't click for people i you know i do think that you know referring to to what you say you know having a a theme that you can adjust and that's flexible and that you're not you know you people aren't likely to change their themes uh, every week uh you know, is it probably makes more sense. But um, I also think that, uh, you know, if you create a theme that really is nothing much, it, it's not going to be popular. Uh, and, uh, you know, that is a, 
although historically, uh, you know, there's been some great popularity among uh, themes that have, you know, horrible bloat, uh, which I think just goes to show you that people have no idea how to how to choose themes and are susceptible uh, to the marketing speak of of the developers. Well, it's kind of like your inbox, right? You 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 wake up in the morning, you turn your computer on, and how many like messages do you have to sort through that you just hit delete, 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 delete? It doesn't really get your attention, but it's there. It's irritating. <laughs> it's going to come regardless, you know. And you just, you know, it's just more of something that just kind of gets in the way. And I think if a theme developer is 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 putting more than three themes in the 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 theme directory, it's just it's just adding clutter that I don't think needs well, to be. do you mean more than three themes like at once or yes, probably. But if you're saying, oh, well, you know, this person submitted a theme in 2010 and another one in 2011 and another one in 2012. I mean, you know, WordPress changes, uh, you know, themes need to change. So, you know, that I think is not spammy at all. That's just recognizing that, the theme you built back then, while it was a good theme, is not going to, you know, is not going to be a good theme anymore because it, it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have featured images or widgets or, you know, all those various things that people introduce, that WordPress has introduced over the years. Yes, you're, you're actually right on that point for sure. What do you reckon, Chris? Uh, I'll just share a short story. Uh, Lifter LMS is a free plugin. When we launched that on the repo, it took two days to be approved. Uh, at that same time, we were going to, or I can't remember if it was the same time or not, but we were going to launch our theme, which is called Launchpad, uh, for free in the WordPress theme directory. And they told us that the wait was five months for it to be approved. And, and so we pivoted. We decided to sell it and focus and do, do a completely different strategy. But uh, having uh, you know somebody provide free software and have to wait five months for approval is kind of there's definitely a problem with the system. So I appreciate what they're working on in terms of kind of like a TSA pre-check. But I also think that the like uh, Adam and Sally are saying, if you're going to have a proper software product, you can't be cranking out a new one every week. If if that's the case you're exploiting some kind of efficiency gap, which isn't really a value gap. Um, so yeah, I just want to throw that out there. I don't think that's really feasible to just do theme spam, which I, I like that word. I'm glad you coined that, Adam. Um, yeah, quality, quality, uh, quality over quantity. And also I just wanted to pose the question because I don't particularly understand it. What is the problem with demo content? The, the author was talking about problems with demo content. Does anybody know like what problems are going on in the WordPress ecosystem with themes and demo content? I think I, I well, I, I don't know all the intricacies, but I think it has to deal with the thumbnail image you choose for your theme in the WordPress repository for your theme. So you've got to be able to, the user has to, there's this weird requirement that's very vague and not equally applied where a user should be able to activate your theme and get to what you showed in that screenshot fairly easily without installing additional plugins. But it's a requirement that's not equally handed out. You've got plenty of 
uh, themes that you have to, as soon as you activate it, it starts saying you got to add these, these plugins. And so it's already not meeting that requirement, but um, you've got other themes that it's like one, one or two mouse clicks and they've got this beautiful site and they're the ones that get targeted because of the competition. Yeah, I've, I, just to summarize, I just think, yeah, I understand what you're up to, but I, I really don't think this this is a, I keep, I keep having to go at these people a little bit, but uh, I don't mean to, but it just keeps coming up in the news feeds. Um, I think they're really struggling with the volume and everything else and it, and they're trying, but this, 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 isn't gonna work. Uh, you know. You know what? I, I'm not cutting you off here. Actually, I did cut oh, you please, off. Please, please, cutting you off. <laughs> you know, I think that the this what they're doing is actually backward. They should instead say, instead of if you've put three in and they're clean, we can let you just have a fast pass. Instead, they should say you're only allowed to put three in. Period. So make them the very best that they can be. Um, and that's the problem. People just toss junk in there and just, it's just like, you know, uh, just putting as many feeders out there to see if, if, if one of them catches, that's all that some people actually do. And to Chris, what Chris was saying, you actually see the biggest theme span violators in theme Forest that has like no rules. Like literally, if you look at a theme and then you look at that developer's portfolio of themes they're all the same theme with different colors different rounded edges that's all that it is uh, because of the way that that market is as well anyways i know i go in different directions no you're right and the, the, there's that route and uh, i i gave um some advice on air to them that i just thought you know the I, I this separation from free and premier i thought it was totally artificial anyway but then they're definitely refusing to go down that route. So I charge, you know, if it's a truly free, open source, open community theme, um, there should be a section for those. And for your more commercial premier themes, they should be charged for the review. And um, and then um, they get, if they pass certain security and coding and accessibility requirements, they get five stars and they get a sticker and everybody's happy, aren't they? But no, that ain't going to happen. So I don't know why I repeated that. There we go. That's me. So on to the next. Um, we didn't know uh, when you were going to join us, actually, um, Adam. So we bumped your story down to number three. But let's do it now. Let's go for it. So um, you got how to choose a WordPress theme. Seven questions to ask. What's this about, Adam? Okay, well, I'm glad that we were actually, um, uh, you guys are willing to talk about this on the the show today, and it's actually a perfect segue right now into it. So, actually, actually, before you start, Adam, we, we've had if you look at the um, other episodes of our roundtable, we've we've had discussions about this before, Adam. The con- we, the we, the concept. We, we tread where others fear to tread, Adam. Yeah. Well, then we all have something in common here because uh, I certainly not making a lot of friends in this video or this other video that I'm not going to bring up that I released yesterday. Uh, that aside, this was a video I've been wanting to put together and I thought about it for a month. Uh, 
uh, exactly the because I knew I knew how I felt. I knew that I felt that it's probably in it's it's in most people's best interest to, to go this one path. But I didn't know how to communicate that. And so this actually took me a month of random thinking throughout the month to come together. And the basis of this article, but it's also more a video where everything's visually demonstrated, your options of going this route or that route, it's all visually demonstrated. Um, the point is, the big bigger picture is technology changes. So I pose the question of, what, how many cell phones have you owned in the last six years? How many computers have you owned in the last six years? And would you today choose to use the cell phone or the computer you used six years ago? And the point is that cell phone will work, that computer will work, but it's not the best, it's not a modern tool. It's not the, the, the tools of today. It's not the technology of today because technology changes. And so that's kind of where the whole basis of the whole video and the questions come into play. And I, I mainly target themes that do things the old way. That's first having your theme options not be in the customizer. And the benefit of the customizer is you get that immediate visual feedback, right? I can change the size of a font. I can know if I like it, how it looks with everything. Boom, I can go to the next one versus changing it, saving it, updating it, refreshing it, then going back and doing it over and over again. And then I go into page builders as well, not to go the route of a theme that is bundled with a page builder. And then even worse, if it's a back-end page builder and demonstrating that same concept, Sure, you can get it done, but you don't get that immediate visual feedback. And really what I'm trying to show people is that there are other options. It's easy to get into an echo chamber where it's all I've used for six years and, and I don't know anything else. And, and there mustn't be a better way because this way works. And that, the point is that's okay. You could choose to go that route. It's totally fine. But there are other, other things out there. There are other things out there. The, and the Jerusalem. So thanks for that. I just want to quickly pass comment on a couple of things you said, and then I want to throw it over to the um, rest of the panel, see what they say, and then we can, we, we'll wander back to you, Adam, in a second. Um, I agreed with most of the things that you said in the video, and you're right up. The, um, my only personal um, problem with it, and it's, is the customizer because I despise the customizer. I really do always have done. I think it's the most clunky bit of um, interface design made in a long while. And I've always despised it. Um, I think the other points you made are points that other people and myself have made uh, about choosing themes. And it's, it is quite strange how things end up. What do you reckon, Chris? Um, <clears throat> I don't despise the customizer. I do think that um, it was a moment where people had to deal with a lot of change. Uh, and we, when we built our theme, Launchpad, we were like a minute early and we built it all out right before the customizer rolled out. So we have the backend settings, but that's why one of the reasons why I'm always happy to promote a theme like Astra that has amazing customizer settings. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just it's just newer school, especially when they're focused exclusively on a theme. But going back to Adam's article, um, he he made a lot of great points. Some of my favorite points were not being bloated, which in this world where 
plugins are really for functionality. Themes are for base design and then page builders come in for layout and fancy design. Uh, the, the, the job of the theme is a little, it, it has never been more consolidated. So it can do, if it does a few things well, that's the theme of 2018 going forward and, and has easy integration with things like page builders and plugins and, you know, just gives you that base foundation to build the site on. But I also know that there's a lot of people out there. That's the number one question we get at, at our business, a WordPress product company, Lifter LMS, is which theme do you recommend? And I like how Adam positioned the three. He positioned three that are really popular right now, Ocean WP, Astra, and Generate Press, which are great themes that are new school. Uh, they're not, they definitely, it's like a total new way of doing themes. And I think that, that gives people a solid example because there's so much decision fatigue and I see so many projects fail to launch because they get in this like design vortex and theme shopping infinity loop and all of a sudden three years have passed and it's just a huge problem in the online business or website ecosystem. So, so Adam's points of go, for, go with people you trust, like who's behind this product, avoid the bloat, go for integration. Here's three options. Pick one. I think it's a very timely article and a great resource to have out there. What do you reckon, Sally? Uh, well, I have to admit, um, that number one. No! <laughs> <laughs> this is my actual cell phone. It is a it is a $15 flip phone. Uh, For those of you listening, I, I didn't say it early on. I, I, I liken the old school themes, the original ones from six years ago, to using a cell phone versus using a smartphone. And Sally just showed us her, her, her fancy modern flip phone. <laughs> How right. old is it? it, it uh, a couple of years because I had to replace my previous one. Um, it, 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 you know... I, I am not a smartphone person, not because I don't think smartphones do cool things, but because uh, basically if I want to use a computer, I want to use a computer. Uh, and, uh, you know, my feeling about cell phones has not changed. They are for making outgoing calls and emergencies. Uh, I don't want people pestering me uh, at all hours of the day or, or night. My husband is, is glued to his uh, uh, smartphone, you know, day, night, and on dates. Um, and... However, I did not find a single thing to disagree with in uh, Adam's uh, video. I, uh, I really, you know, couldn't see why he said it was controversial. Um, and because that's like, you know, stuff I've heard at WordCamps about how to choose a theme for years, you know, that it shouldn't have plugins bundled into it because of, of all the issues, you know, it shouldn't have bloat. It shouldn't have like so much stuff that you're insanely confused. You know, it should use a customizer because the WordPress core team has pushed the customizer since they launched it. That's now a, you know, a requirement for, for new themes going into the repo. Um, you know, <clears throat> so there was nothing uh, unusual there. I mean, it, you know, <clears throat> my, my irritation was mainly, my God, I had to listen to a 45 minute, video to, you know, get these, you know, <laughs> seven points I could have read in 10 minutes in an you article. You have a write-up underneath it. That's why. <laughs> well, that, I, I, I didn't, didn't see a, a very detailed write-up at the, at the time I looked at it. Um, yeah. 
Uh, it, it, I, I just want to disappoint Adam before I go up to John and get his response, and then we go back to Adam. I've got to disappoint Adam. Uh, uh, there was, uh, I thought most of what you said was totally right, but I don't think there was any anything controversial about it, really. I know, um, well, here, let me add to where that it does get controversial. Whenever I'm disappointed, you, Adam. It, 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 it's, <laughs> it's one thing to, it's one thing to um, uh, have someone go to a WordCamp and give a talk to 30 or 40 people. It's another thing when you have an audience of 53,000 uh, subscribers and you're putting it out there and it stays out there and you're kind of calling out thousands of developers, thousands of themes and saying, this probably isn't a good decision for you. That's where it gets a little uh, iffy and scary uh, because you do get, you do, you know, it's a dangerous world out there when people's, uh, let's just say on my channel, I've created a lot of haters that really think they really hate my guts. Let's just put it that way. Um, so that's where it's controversial. Uh, whenever you need, uh, I'm sorry, Adam, I, I think you need to go get a therapist, mate. You know, you're very likable. No, let's go. Let's go. I think you've got problems, mate. Maybe, maybe it's just five people and I, and I see them over and over again with their fake accounts. Uh, well, you know, isn't YouTube notorious for a lot of trolls and haters and, oh, and throwing things up? It's, you know, I've heard terrible things about comments. I think we're post-dramatic stress. I think you're suffering Okay, let's see. <laughs> okay, here, let me read a comment that came oh, in two hours ago. I'm just going to you to do this, out of God. Okay, I actually haven't read the whole thing. I just read the first sentence uh, earlier. It says, because I started talking about page builders, and I said, uh, this guy says, the page builder will save you 10 times faster than coding without without using it? Kidding, question mark. Come on, I've used page builders many times and it takes more time than writing the HTML code and add styles. And you see, you know, I think I piss off as developers. Uh, I don't know this why, because, because I don't get it either, but they get all like, uh, you know, I, I, I gotta be careful what I they say. think their jobs are threatened. You know, the thing is working with some page builders, like, you know, visual decomposer. Uh, yeah, you could totally, if, if you know the code, you could totally write the code faster and, and, and easier and understanding better what you're doing that, that it does that. But, uh, you know, it, it, a good page builder does make things faster, even for developers. Uh, and uh, if you are actually any good at, at um, being in business, uh, it, your job is not going to go away because these things exist. Yeah, well, kind of. There we go. But it is what it is. So um, it's obvious where we're going. So, um, but um, yeah, but I, I think you're taking too much notice of these YouTube trolls, really. I think. <laughs> I think you just want, you know, there you go, Adam, go to your therapist, he'll sort you out, or she. Um, John, uh, um, <laughs> John, what did you think? <laughs> well, I watched, I watched Adam's video, and I agree with a lot of what he's saying. A lot of the most popular themes, like Avada, like <laughs> Jupiter, Enfold, they're full of a bunch of stuff that most people don't need for their build. The reason why they're popular is because um, people who are DIYs, you know, they're going to build their site themselves because they have more time than money. They, they see all the fancy stuff and it's on the first page, so they just buy it. So it perpetuates 
and a lot of smaller agencies and freelancers do the same thing. They'll build sites for, you know, one or $2,000 and they'll use these themes, these $59 themes that are filled with everything in the kitchen sink to, to build stuff out. But a lot of good themes, like the ones that Adam um, highlighted in his video, like Generate Press, like Astra, that are not bloated and don't require you to load, you know, six plugins just to make it work. Uh, they're gaining some popularity among developers, thanks to you know people that like Adam that that uh, you know sing their praises. But I, I think they're never going to be as big as as some of the the, the most popular themes on Theme Forest, like you know X Theme, that in my opinion are not that great. They're they're kind of trash. So yeah, it's just it, it's just it's just that Theme Forest has just got so much juice with Google. You know, if you if <laughs> if you do well, and, and you know, face it, um, you know, markets Forest. everywhere have have popularized a lot of stuff that's trash. Um, and uh, that's kind of how it works. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a thing one has to live with. The, you know, it, it is not necessarily the better product uh, that succeeds so much as the better marketer. I, I do want to point out growth numbers and we can, I guess, end this out. I'm sure you were going to anyway, John. Yeah. Uh, to, to, I think it was yesterday, Astra had its 12-month or one-year birthday and uh, they have 60,000 active installations and it's just the beginning. That's pretty huge. And I know they're, they're a success. Uh, Ocean WP is close to hitting 100,000 active installations. And uh, I think most of that is free users though. Uh, I mean, it is a, a financial success for the developer, but that's in about maybe 13 months or 14 months. So the, the, these guys are growing like really, really fast. And I'm happy for them because here's the last piece of advice I will give anyone. Choose one theme, one page builder, master them and use them for everything. Don't keep jumping and hopping from this tool to that tool. And I think people are, are finally um, figuring that out. And it's also a lot cheaper too and a lot faster to develop stuff. But you're always better off not chasing the shiny. But of, of course, one can take that then to the extreme uh, that you start out with of, well, I'm still using my, you know, my brick phone from 1990 because, well, I, I know how to use it and it works. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so somewhere in there, there is a balance between in discovering a new thing that really is going to make your life easier, even if there's a bit of a learning curve and, you know, chasing every new shiny toy that, that appears. Oh, and the thing that John said, the only thing I would disagree with what John said was that when he said that they're using one of the agencies are using these themes and then I think you said charging like a couple of thousand. No, they're not. They're charging like six to ten thousand. Because <laughs> I've, I've been called in, to, me and my team have been called in and I've asked clients, you know, who made this and what would you charge and you, your jaw drops because... Uh, um, so um, you're you're partially right, John. But also, that's a that's a perfect segue into the next story. But that's true. Um, in and maybe we can discuss this in the next story as well. But yes, believe me when I say there are people charging way more than you are for way less. 
and getting it. <laughs> I wish I would. <laughs> Right there. I'm going to go for our break, folks. And when we come back, we're going to delve into some other stories. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back, folks. We've been controversial. Adam's going to go and see his therapist. Uh, um, He's been looking at these YouTube trolls too long, mate. They're getting to him. They're getting to him. You know, they do. You know, I'm, I'm a fallible I'm, human, fallible human being. Yeah, we, you know, we always kind of, um, uh, yeah, it's just, it just is what it is, isn't it? So here we go. Uh, on to the next story. Our, um, <laughs> our, our WordPress developers really cheap, cheaper to hire. Who wants to start off with this one? Come on. I, I can jump in. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting question because there's just so much variability. There's, you can go buy a WordPress website for $5 on Fiverr, or you can, you know, hire somebody to build it who charges 200 to $400 an hour, or you can go with a package that's 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, hundred thousand, or, you know, 50 bucks. So there's a lot of, uh, there's just so much variability in this space. I think the article, I, I was actually disappointed in the article because it was really focused on just Drupal and Joomla, not really the greater developer ecosystem. And, you know, where there are some interesting, uh, you know, certain specialties are in higher demand. But coming back to WordPress, I think the biggest problem here has to do with a lot of confusion out there, the difference between a developer, a designer, and an implementer. And that's on all sides. That's the people who are selling services and what they think they are. It's what the the customer that's actually buying the website thinks they need. Um, and it has to do with like how people stru- structure packages and discover what kind of business problems they're supposed to be solving with the website. There's so much confusion and mismanagement of those core roles in the process that it it's almost makes it impossible to talk about how much something costs. Because the reality is for most buyers of websites and website services, uh, if you pay too little, you're usually going to regret the decision. Um, you're better off paying like four times as much to get it done, you know, 10 times as fast by the right person. And, that, and yet there's still other people out there like we were talking about who are price gouging at, uh, you know, they're selling something at a premium. Uh, it doesn't matter necessarily how it's made, but the fact that the client ends up with a website that, you know, breaks easily or can't be supported easily or the, that client or the, uh, the website provider like kind of vanishes after the service is done. And now they end up looking for a freelancer to help put Humpty Dumpty back together again. There's, there's so much problems. There's so many problems around this. But at the end of the day, I think the article made a few key points, which are 
the average cost of a decent WordPress developer is $30 an hour. I think it was actually $29 an hour. Um, but you can also pay less and you can also pay more. So it's really, uh, it's really hard to piece that together. But if you're, I, I also don't want to undervalue the value of a good WordPress implementer who knows how to put plugins, themes, page builders, and stuff together to solve business problems and, and never write a line of code. That is a solid skill set that is almost more valuable, in my opinion, than a, a developer who can just write code but doesn't really know how to interface with the business owner about what they need. So there's just there's a ton of issues around this topic, but those are my two cents. Yeah, you, you've put it so well, actually, Chris. That they were my own thoughts because I, I thought some of the some of the things of the article it was a bit crappy, but uh, on other things it started a, a thought process and I told you what do you reckon Sally well it's, it, this was interesting to me because uh, you know it actually uh, contained some detail and research which is not what we've seen coming out of torque very often lately uh, but it, you know it, you do also kind of have to look at some of these things in their sources so you know WP engine had had done this investigation and it says you know when you look at these freelancer rates across the the US, Right with with an average of of twenty nine dollars an hour. Note that it says source elance.com. You know, many years ago I tried elance and I left almost immediately because it is a race to the bottom in terms of pricing. That the, the the aim is always you know it, it's the low bid that gets the job. And so you know, if as, as a freelancer you actually want to earn earn enough to live on, you don't use elance. Um, so that may be a little lower, but you know there have been surveys done within WordPress about what you charge, and and it does seem, uh, you know, and they they looked at a few uh, other other sites, um, you know, I I think uh, the the codable rates of you know sixty dollars an hour plus uh, for somebody who's you know either a very skilled implementer or a reasonably competent developer. Uh, you know that that's actually getting into what might be an appropriate rate, um, and uh, you know so it seems to me that uh, you know your uh, if you are at the low end of of that uh, and you are not you know living in a country with a low cost of living. Uh, you're really going to be in trouble uh, and you are dramatically undercharging. Uh, but the, the, the hilarious thing at the end, I mean, pretty much what he, what the author comes down to is, is, well, you know, it's, it's hard to say whether WordPress developers are necessarily, you know, cheaper than Joomla developers uh, or Drupal developers on an, on an hourly rate. Um, but, that you know, with the Drupal developers, you have a, a you have a higher percentage of people doing enterprise sites or government sites or or sites with you know complexity and and big budget. But you know, his ending line is: if you want to maximize your earning potential, you may want to consider learning Drupal. And, and that just kind of snarked me off. It's like, dude, you know, I am a freelancer and I have worked on fifty thousand dollar plus websites that weren't actually for large uh, uh, corporations. Uh, if you are, you know, if you want to maximize your earning potential, raise your rates and pick better clients. Uh, you know, there's, it's, it's not that Drupal is, is terrible and you shouldn't learn it, but 
you know, mastering Drupal in order to earn more money, if, if you have bad business practices, is not the thing to do. You need to improve your business practices. Um, I've got one thing to say about that advice to people that if you're, is that you must have paid discovery. Um, it doesn't have to be an enormous amount of money, but um, it's, it sorts the tie kickers from people. You know, I'm very approachable. Chris is very approachable. I think any all the people on this panel are very approachable. And I, I'm prepared to have a chat with any, uh, a 15, half-hour chat with anybody. But after that, um, if they want further, di further discussion, further um, delving into my experience and knowledge, they... It's paid discovery, basically. And if they're, and, and, if they're and, not and, up for that, right. they, they need to go find somebody else, don't they? Well, and the thing is, if you work with people who are truly professionals or with companies that are you know, established enough, they pay consultants in other areas of their business a chunk of change to come in, you know, talk to people, evaluate things, and make recommendations. Those people aren't implementing this. They, they are, they're paying them for their expertise and their ability to bring, you know, a fresh eye to a situation and look at stuff and tell them what they need. Paying for discovery is not actually an unusual thing to those people. Um, and, and it's much better. And we had an article that, that, I, that was, you know, a, a potential post for us to discuss last week um, from Tora Dean about, you know, running a, a, a WordPress business or, or, and, you know, one of the things he points out is, you know, do paid discovery workshops that really, if, if you want to make good money, you have to do this. And, and Jonathan is absolutely right that it's, you know, if, if somebody is really not serious about their business and their website as part of their business, uh, they're going to balk at the discovery and you'll know that th these are going to be clients who are trying to nickel and dime you and, and you're going to tear your hair and not make any, any well, it's money. It's not only that, it's for the benefit of the client because they normally, unless, unless they're very experienced in getting... Oh, they, they often have no idea what um, they, they they give a They give an outline in an email or Word document to the best of their ability, but, you know, that they... they they approach different people and those people without a, a detailed request for a proposal document, which lays out all the functionality that's required um, for this new project, they, at best they're gonna, just going to get educated guesses from people that they're asking for quotes from. At worst, they're, they're just going to get informed guesses and what happens is halfway through the project, um, the developer either disappears because they they are on a death march to bankruptcy, so they stop answering email and they just literally disappear, or they they have that unpleasant discussion with the client. I need three thousand plus more to get this site completed. It's either those two paths, and I can't tell you how many projects I've taken over where it's either the person's literally just freaking disappeared off the face of the earth, or they've gone and asked the client for a substantial. And what, why that happens is that there's no, there's no detailed discovery process at the beginning. So it was all based on guesswork anyway. 
I think this all goes back to, I'm glad Chris started it because it all goes back to what Chris was saying at the very beginning. Like, who are you? Are you the guy that says, okay, I build your, I'll build you a website. Or are you the guy that says, what's your problem? Tell me your problem. I'm going to give you a solution to that problem. Those are two different people. And I think what feeds into this is actually an impossible argument or a question to answer how, who gets paid more, blah, 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 because the two people I just described are two totally different people. You know, a developer, typically when I think of a developer, you might think of something else when you, when you hear the word developer. I think someone that might not have the best communication skills, sales skills, solution solving skills. They're just some guy that, that says, is waiting for someone to tell them what to do and then they do it and they say, here it is, uh, versus the guy that says, no, you tell me what your problem is. I want to hear it in detail. What, what do you want this to accomplish? What is, wh- why do you want a website in the first place? And then craft a solution around that. And that's a totally different person. Yeah. What do you reckon, John? Do, what do you reckon I've just said? Do you think I was just waffling or there's any truth in what I was saying? Yeah, so definitely there's there's two types of people when you're talking about WordPress developers, you know, where do they fit in to uh, you know, earning potential. There's the type there's there's one group where you're working for either an agency or um an organization or you're subcontracting to somebody. And in that regard, you're going to fit into a range of salary, you're going to be capped at a certain point and you can get what you can negotiate but you're not going to um you're 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 going to be in a range and and when it comes to that i think drupal people probably earn a little bit more but what i i want to address is is kind of the people who are either you know freelancing or they're running a small agency or they're they're self-employed they're working for themselves and when it comes to that i agree with what sally said previously I see so many people that um, are focused on servicing clients that are not going to be able to sustain their business. They're going after uh, mom and pop shops or trying to upsell WordPress to everybody and talking about Gutenberg and plugins and WordPress. And you need to just cut that out completely. I've, I've only had one client in, um, six years ever ask me specifically for WordPress. Clients do not care what you build the website on. They only care that it works, that it's easy for them, and that it's going to help them make money. That's it. End of story, isn't it, John? Yep. That, that, when it comes to the bottom line, I totally agree with you, John. That's all they care about, isn't yep. it? And they've got every right. That's what it's supposed to do, isn't it? Right, I think we go on to... Um, We've got another five, six minutes before I wrap this up, or maybe ten minutes. Um, on to the next thing. Um, I think we ultimate checklist of SEO migration. Just a quickie, um, John, about this. Um, I think it can be a slightly bigger job than depending on the size of the website. And if you don't get it right, um, it can get pretty ugly, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a lot of times you'll run into this if you're migrating somebody from another platform uh, into WordPress or, you know, whatever the case is. uh, The biggest things that you got to look 
at are making sure that you have uh, your, your old URLs mapped to your new ones. So making sure that you have 301 direct redirects in place. Uh, the biggest thing beyond that is, is keeping an eye on Google Search Console, uh, making sure that no ones slip through the cracks because a lot of these sites you'll sometimes find that they've had different you know, iterations of the site over time um, or they have backlinks built out on other sites that they've completely forgotten about. Uh, you know, and beyond that, you know, this, the same thing goes if you're, if you're migrating from HTTP to HTTPS, making sure that you're doing any type of migration uh, during a slow period. Uh, don't do it in the middle of the work week, <laughs> uh, anything like that. Make sure you're coordinating like any, if you're moving from one host to another, make sure you're coordinating email migration. Um, and again, making sure you your your dev site uh, is blocked from crawling. I've seen people have their dev sites indexed. You don't want to do that. Uh, the reason why I brought it up is because in the summer, you know, you've got Google yeah. that's going to start penalizing um, if you don't have HTTPS. And yep. I, I think a lot of this is going to start rearing its head. And a bit hiring somebody to have a, a site audit and doing a bit of pre-planning will save, if you've got a medium to large website, it's going to save you a lot of pain because there's nothing worse than having to try and sort this out with, and it's just been done without any planning. That's the worst of all scenarios. And um, it's it's pretty ugly. It can get pretty ugly. On to the next thing. Um, this, this talk with Sally's um, put this one again, and we discussed it last week, and they added a bit, didn't they, Sally? I know you remarked on the um, on it. WordPress page builds review. Beaver Builder, Divi Builder, WP Bakery Page Builder, and now they've added Elementor, and that's from by, by popular demand because I was not the only person to uh, object that they hadn't covered it, given its uh, you know enormous popularity <laughs> and and growing feature set, and you know they uh, had come down very firmly, uh, you know, out of the page builders they reviewed very firmly on the side of of Beaver Builder, and uh, <clears throat> so you know, but what they said when they reviewed Elementor was basically, you know, wow, there are some really amazingly cool things in here. You know, there are a few places where it seems a little buggy, uh, but it's a, uh, you know, it's an extremely strong contender. And, and I'm, you know, that, that seems to be about the conclusion that I had reached doing research on page builders, uh, you know, and uh, <clears throat> I know the Beaver Builder people better, but I am about to start using Elementor on a, on a site and really looking forward to, uh, to getting to know it. It's pretty cool. Uh, what do you, I think Adam, I think we're taking Divi out of it. And um, um, I've been trying to get them on the show and they, they, I was going to have a discussion with them and, they, and then they bailed out of the discussion. So I don't know why I upset the Divi people, but there we go. Um, but excluding Divi because the two leaders do at, at the present moment do seem to be um, uh, Beaver Builder, Animator, doesn't it? Adam really, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I think, well, actually, the real leader is Divi in in sense yeah, of, uh, yeah, yeah. of of sales. And actually, I, I was surprised when you said that they were going to come on the show because they don't actually do any shows at all, ever. <laughs> so uh, that's why I was surprised. I wonder if some, like, information uh, got um, uh, mixed up. I think, I think these tools are actually great, you know, uh, that they're all competing against each other. And I was thinking about it uh, yesterday because... Divi said they're going to be basically implementing all these features that Elementor just came out with. And Elementor came out with those features because Beaver Builder came out with it. And so what you see is the free market working for the user right now with these three companies, meaning they're all pushing each other forward, you know. So who ends up benefiting? The, their, their, their user base. So all the people that were using Elementor anyway, they got to benefit from these new enhancements that came out. Now, the hundreds of thousands of Divi users, they're going to get to benefit as soon as they roll out that same feature set in Divi. Uh, it's, it's really, it, I was actually really happy to see this, you know, that the user in this, this three-way competition is the one that's actually uh, winning at the end of the I th- day. I think that's a great point, just the, Free market economics, just some healthy competition is is good for everybody. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Unfortunately, in so many areas, we don't have that, do we? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, internet service providers, anyone? Uh, 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 oh, I'm off to my therapist now. I think we're going to wrap the show up now, folks. We've covered a few things, and we, uh, um, and hopefully you enjoyed the show and join us next week. Um so um, let's start with Adam. Adam, how do people find out more about what you're up to, Adam? Uh, you can check out the website, wpcrafter.com, or if you want to head straight on over to YouTube where most of the content goes, it's youtube.com slash wpcrafter. There's a couple new videos each week, and there's some really good stuff there right now. Well, yes. always, but... Yeah. Really excellent, excellent material. You're rock and rolling, Adam. Um, Sally, how do people find out more about you? You can find me at WPFangirl.com. You can find the meetup at EastBayWP.com. I am at Sally Getch on Twitter. And if you can spell my name, you'll find me all over the place because I am unique in Google. And Chris, how can people find out more about what you're up to, Chris? If you're an online course membership site builder, check us out at LifterLMS.com. And we also have a podcast around the topic called LMSCast. And uh, you have an active Facebook um, group as well, don't you? Very active, yep. Yeah, and cool. uh, you can find that, just just search for Lifted LMS VIP and you'll find that Facebook group. We just crossed uh, 3,000 members. That's great. And John, how can people find out about you? You can find me at my website, which is lockdowndesign.com. You can also check out uh, my YouTube channel. Just go on YouTube and search for Lockdown Design. How do people get a hold of you, Jonathan? Oh, thank you for asking, John. And um, how people can find out about, just go to the WP Tonic um, website. We've got a load of information around learning management systems, membership sites. That's what our support um, specializes in. We're a WordPress support and maintenance company and a developer. We develop as well, but we specialize in learning management systems and membership websites. And we'll see you next week where we have another great roundtable show and be controversial, whatever. Uh, We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.